This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, good morning. How are you? Bokertov, we have lots of mm, controversial mm, mm, stuff to talk very, about today. Very, And I hope that the listeners are getting ready with their fingers on the buttons because we're going to ask them also to get involved in talking about this. Um, the first controversial thing that I just wanted to put out there, and perhaps you've spoken about it, is the decision by Elon Musk to donate revenue from content related to the war between Israel and Hamas and the Hamas terror organization um, to Israeli hospitals and to the Red Cross and Red Crescent organizations in Gaza. And what happened, the flow of events was that um, a letter was written in the name of 27 Democratic members of the House of uh, uh, of representatives in the United States, Democrats, interestingly, who sent a letter to Elon Musk and to the X. Do we, mm. do we call it X now? Not X. formally X. called Twitter? Yeah, we can just X go with now. X. Yeah. Okay, we we'll just call X. Mm. X. And XEO Linda Yaccarino, and um, they accused X of profiting from accounts that engage in glorifying barbaric acts of violence against Israelis. That was the letter from these 27 members of the House of Democrats. And in response to that, um, Elon Musk issued, or X or Corporation issued the following statement saying, X Corporation will be donating all revenue from advertising and subscriptions associated with the war in Gaza to hospitals in Israel and the Red Crescent slash Red Cross in Gaza. And then people asked him, well, how is he going to make sure that the money that goes to Gaza doesn't ultimately end up in the hands of Hamas because Hamas has a history of stealing humanitarian aid for military purposes or to enrich its own leaders? And Elon Musk wrote in response to that, we will track how funds are spent and go through the Red Cross Red Crescent. Better ideas are welcome. We should care about the innocent regardless of race, creed, religion or anything else. Now, we know as well that Elon Musk stands accused of anti-Semitism um, because of his reaction to some of the content that's been posted on X. And he came out saying that um, um, he, that he is far from anti-Semitic. Nothing could be further from the truth. He said, I wish only the best for humanity and a prosperous and exciting future for all. Um, what do listeners think about mm, this donation of funds to... Israeli hospitals and to hospitals to the Red Crescent or the Red Cross in, in Gaza. And is that going to be enough to try somehow to pay reparations for some of the nasty stuff that has been on X um, over the last few weeks? 
very interesting. I'd love your thoughts. 34519 or 0618951019. And, uh, of course, uh, today is day 47 of Operation Sword of Iron. Right. So, uh, the government made the decision to approve the hostage exchange. Lots of our listeners are very, very concerned about it. In fact, I would say more are feeling negatively disposed towards it than positively. Uh, what is the uh, what is the feeling on the ground there, Anthony? Yes, yeah, so there's lots of discussion and lots of debate and dilemma over the hostage deal. And let me try somehow, first of all, just to place um, the deal in front of everybody, just so we can understand what the what what is being proposed. And then let's talk about some of the potential consequences and why we would would not support the hostage deal. So, <coughs> excuse me, in the first place, the deal involves the release of approximately 50 Israeli hostages being held um, by Hamas in Gaza. We understand that the list has already been developed of who will be released. Um, they are children, they are mothers, and they are women. Not all of the mothers who are in Gaza at the moment are on the list. Um, but apparently all of the children who are currently held um, will be um, released. We understand that it has already been determined, however they've managed to determine, that those names on the list are people who are actually alive, um, and all of them have Israeli citizenship. So this is not a deal about foreigners, Mm, although mm. there has been a separate discussion about whether the Thai government may be involved in negotiating separately their own, some of the Thai um, uh, nationals who are also being held currently in Gaza. The release of these um, Israeli hostages will take place gradually over a five-day period, during which there will be no hostilities during that five-day period. So it's effectively a temporary ceasefire over a five-day period. And in addition to there being no hostilities, Israel has apparently agreed to refrain from any aerial activity over the Gaza Strip for six hours each day during those five days. So not only will we not have um, any um, battle, any hostilities going on, but also Israel will not even be allowed to do any um, aerial surveillance of the area for a period of six hours on each of those days. In addition to that, Israel has agreed to release 300 prisoners that are currently held in Israeli prisons. And we understand that these are prisoners who are female and minor prisoners. And Israel has said none of them will be anybody who's been involved in a terror attack that's involved people being killed. Mm. So those are the prisoners that are being slated for release, also to be released gradually over a five-day period. Um, And um, from what I can gather, at the moment in Gaza, we have 40 children, 40 children being held in Gaza, 13 mothers. All of the 40 children are down on the list of those to be released. And of the 13 mothers, I think eight of them are down also um, to be released, with the remainder of the, um, the the other two making up the list of 50 to be 
um, women being held in Gaza. So that is the deal, and it could potentially even uh, extend further. In other words, if after five days there is an agreement to continue the temporary ceasefire, there is the possibility of further hostages being released, um, and that will remain to be seen as soon as um, we um, get through the the first five days. So actually, the the number of hostages down for release is actually 53, not 50. Mm, so there are mm, mm. 53 hostages now. Um, obviously, a lot of negotiating having gone on in the background. I have no idea where the numbers began from and how the process of negotiation took place such that we've come down to these numbers and this price right now. Because this is kind of, we are receiving something in return for a price that we are paying, and I don't know how that negotiation went on. But the choice that we have right now is yes or no. In other words, this is the deal that's been negotiated. We can't renegotiate the price any further. We can't renegotiate the goods that we're receiving in this deal any further. It's either we take it or we leave it. And um, my considerations, my thoughts are that these are the weakest and the most vulnerable of the hostages that are being currently held in Gaza. And I think that um, there is a certain consideration that we need to give to securing their release sooner rather than later. They've been there already mm, for, mm, for mm. more than a month, for 47 days. And the question is to what extent we can afford to delay this release any further at the risk of them not returning at all, at the risk of them not being alive um, in the future. If a better deal might be negotiated, it might be a de better deal that's too late, at least for some of the people concerned. So my view is that we are talking here about the weakest and the most vulnerable of people and that we owe them something. The, the negative side to that is that potentially we are giving up on everybody else. In other words, is it okay for us to prefer some of the hostages over others? Because this could potentially mean that whoever gets left behind gets left behind for a very extended period of time or it might remove the spotlight a little bit because the weakest and the women and the children have been released. And certainly from the point of view of pressure from the international community, this would reduce the pressure significantly because all of a sudden once those women and children are released, then the others are big boys and could potentially manage and therefore the international community mm, mm. might reduce their pressure, which is a price that we need to consider. There is also a military price because the prime minister has come out to say this is a temporary ceasefire and the war will resume after this. That is what he said. Um, but the question is what happens to our soldiers in the meantime and potentially they might be at risk, they might be vulnerable because they're not leaving Gaza. There's no intention to pull anybody out of Gaza during that five-day ceasefire period. Um, and the war will resume. Um, the naysayers are saying, well, it's very, very difficult to pick up the war from there. And also it allows Hamas to regroup over that five-day period and potentially be a more... And um, escape. I mean, I'm worried and, about and escape, the, yeah. the couple of hours a day where there won't even be drone footage. I know the IDF is saying we have other ways to, to, to monitor, but it is very, very scary. The only reason that they want that is to be able to move, I would imagine, some of their senior people around, people who are, are, tracked, are trapped there. Yeah, I'm guessing that obviously there is 
um, a reason why they want um, the the surveillance um, period um, of six hours a day uh, to be removed from Israel's capability. They've got a reason for that. And obviously, that is a very uh, important thing. But interestingly, even though we are receiving 53 and they're receiving 300 prisoners, all of whom have access to the International Red Cross and all of whom have visitation rights are in Israeli prisons and they know exactly where they are and what their current status is. So all of that is well known. Um, but apparently in Gaza, they don't care much about the prisoners who are being released. They just care about the five-day temporary ceasefire. And I should add one more thing, which is quite unique and, and has never been done before, that we have somehow managed to negotiate that the International Committee of the Red Cross yes, that will seems gain to be a very, to the very hostages. big aspect. Yeah, yeah. Will gain access to the hostages before they are released. Now, I don't know whether that means it will gain access to all of our hostages, even those who are not released, or whether they will just gain access to the 53 hostages who will be released in, in groups over the five-day period. It's not clear to me. But whatever access the International Committee of the Red Cross has is able to gain is a very significant point to us. One of the other comments that came out by Hamas was, well, we don't know how many hostages we can really afford to negotiate release of because we don't know where everybody is, okay, because they're being held by different groups around Gaza mm. and they don't even know where all of them are. I'm not sure about that. Um, but that is the deal that's being presented to us. And in terms of military we don't really know what the price is that we're giving up on here. The idea feels quite confident, and they are very supportive of this deal, as is the Mossad and the Shabak. But um, the the question is, what is the price that we're going to pay? And if I take the example of the Gilad Shalit deal a few years ago, when uh, Yichia Sinwa was one of those who was released as yeah, part of yeah, uh, yeah. Gilad Shalit being released, and now we know what the price is. At the time... We didn't know what the price would be. We thought that there would be somehow a way of controlling these people who would be released, many of whom have gone back to commit crimes and to commit terror, acts of terror, and have been involved in killing other Israelis over the years. We now know what the price is. But on that day when the release took place, when the exchange took place, we had no idea, no real idea what the price would be, even though we knew that we were releasing people who could potentially return back to acts of terror. We had no idea whether they really would and how it would turn out. Now we know better. Mm. And in the same way, we are going into this hostage exchange without really understanding what the full price is that we're going to pay. That we will only know later on. So the question is, do we avoid... Do we, do we say no to returning the hostages when the price might be a very low price? Or do we say yes to returning the hostages when the price may well be a very high price? It's a price that we can't really quantify at this moment in time, and that will only become clear over time. Um, but I know that this is a really a, a, a huge headache for many people because we all want the hostages home. There can be little doubt about that. And the question is, is that a higher priority than everything else? Um, and I suppose it depends who you, who you are. If you are one of those families who are waiting for their loved ones to come home, their children to come home, then there is a no-brainer involved. 
in this deal, right? Absolutely. It's it's so difficult. It is. And uh, certainly uh, it's it's one thing for us to sit here many, many miles away, and even Israelis to some extent, even though uh, probably have more chance of being actively involved. And But uh, but just uh, it, it, it's a absolutely horrific decision for government uh, for people to have to make knowing that there are young children there that are living in 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 the most terrible conditions hostages for a a, a terrible amount of time that they've seen awful awful things they, they go desperately need the the psychological emotional and other support versus the other aspects that of of security of not knowing how this is going to play out unenviable is a a very weak word for saying what uh, what this decision is anthony rach thank you for having that conversation with us and uh, we will obviously continue to do so it is eight o'clock that was anthony rach you can catch him tomorrow morning at 7.45. That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all.